And I'd like to begin with a question today, and that is, uh, what has controlled our way of thinking this past year? And then that brings up the thought to follow and ask ourselves this question, what are you thinking about this morning? What's controlling your thought life today? And then another question, we'll just continue. Maybe we'll just continue to ask questions until we have the benediction this morning. Do my thoughts bring happiness that Jesus paid for when he came to this earth? Or does my thoughts depress me? Ask yourself this question this morning, am I happy? If not, what would it cost to be happy? Or would I be happy if I, didn't be fa- if I wasn't facing the circumstances that I'm facing that surrounds my life today? The truth is, there's not a person on planet Earth that's still breathing, but what would say, if I had an opportunity and, a, the, and to change a decision or an action that I have made, I would change it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Tomorrow night at midnight, We'll close the door of the year of 2018, and a new door will open for all of us, and believe it or not, it's the year of 2019. And the door of that life here on planet Earth will continue to be open until Jesus comes, or the trumpet sounds, and we'll go home to meet the Lord in the air. I'd like to take a moment this morning and just do some reflecting upon what this year has meant to you. Has it brought joy and peace and comfort? Has it brought prosperity and health and strength and courage? Or would you, as you reflect upon days gone by, maybe you're here this morning and you've said goodbye to a loved one, to your best friend. Maybe you've said goodbye to a job that you weren't prepared to leave. Maybe something has happened in your relationship with with people in your life that mean a lot to you, and this morning, as you look in the rearview mirror, you're ready for the book, the book of 2018 to close, and we are about to begin the year of 2019. We can spend all the time we want looking at the rearview mirror, but all of us know the rearview mirror is about this wide, about this high, and it is posted exactly in the middle of most of us windshield, where we can take a glance, but we never take our eye off of the windshield. The windshield spans the the automobile that we drive. The windshield gives us greater vision of where we're going and what we're encountering. And the windshield of life is open to us today as we are about to take one last glance in the next few hours at what we've encountered and what has gone our way. The Apostle Paul gives us the truth about how to keep the path of yesterday in its place so that we can spend our future time in a constructive way. Many people that I meet just can't get on with life because of what has happened in their days of yesterday. Many people today have been been paralyzed because of yesterday was so unfair and unjust, and today they're they're trying to to digest those things that have came their way because uh, their life has been shut down because of things gone by. The Apostle Paul was such a friend to all of us in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, and he penned this very carefully to the Philippian people when he said, I don't know it all, but this one thing I do know, I've learned how to forget the things of yesterday, and I've laid them aside, and I'm going to press toward the goal for the mark of the prize of the high calling. And then verse 15 is a verse that I've overlooked through the years, but it 
grew, grew stronger through this week. He said, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it even to you. I'd just like to take a moment this morning and a moment of quietness. If you're plagued with the paralysis of yesterday, I want you to give a thought to a moment and ask you, is the hand of God big enough to take care of those things that you've allowed to plague your life? You see, mentality will not serve us right, and our process of life will not do us right unless we are ready to let go of the, of the bondage and the bundle of yesterday be left behind. And Jesus gives us a great man, the Apostle Paul, to tell us it's important that we do this because in order to leave here and get there, we've got to do something different than what we did in days gone by. Well, it's good. It's, sometimes it's easy to say, well, I just got in a rut, and this is just the way I do it. Listen, a rut is a grave with no ending. And I don't want you today to grow up in this church or be a member of this church and say, the pastor just got in a rut. And we, you hear the pastor say this every, every Sunday morning. Nearly, If it doesn't preach to me, you'll never hear it. So if it does me a lot of good, I pray that it'll help you somewhere along the way. Many people are spending their time worrying about what they've done or what they should have done. Many people are worrying about their children, their health, their finances, their marriage, and the list goes on and on. I'd like to spend the next few moments just talking about something we all do and the result that it brings to our life, and that's worry. Anybody here ever just thought about worrying? Is there anybody here that tells the truth? Moving on. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it accomplishes nothing. Worry is, in fact, atheism. Strong word. I want to say that again. Worry is, in fact, atheism. We really don't believe God can come through in this moment to protect us, to provide for us, to heal our body, to deliver us, to set us free from addictions that are destroying us, how to break the misery of habits that have inflamed you or a member of your family. We just don't believe God is big enough to do that. And could I say I've had my struggle too. Though the scripture today, I want to convince you that God is in control of planet earth and he is in complete control of our life if we will allow him to be. He will not demand or override our will. He will take care of your enemies as he has the power to do because he's an awesome God. He's almighty. He's all-knowing. And I want you just this morning just to wake up your neighbor and put your hands together and say, yes, he is. He's an almighty God today. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I'd just like to crop a few weeds this morning that tries to move into your life, and it really looks good when it sprouts. And there's nothing to, just leave it alone, leave it alone. But I want to address some things that really promote worry. And I'd like to tell you how to keep the weeds out of your life. In Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing. Everybody say this with me. Be anxious for nothing. That was about 10 of you. I'm going to do it again. Be anxious for for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
Verse 7, and the peace of God. There's nothing like the peace of God. You find the peace of God when you ask God, would you intervene? Would you some way, somehow, smile down upon me today? Give me strength and courage to face reality. Let me take responsibility for who I am. And let me take the opportunity to say, thank you, Lord, for who you can make me be. In Jesus' name. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, the peace of God is always in front of us. The peace of God that surpasses. Have you ever heard this? I just don't understand that. Let me just announce today you will never understand life. Life is a puzzle. And every day you pick up a piece of the puzzle and you try to put it together. And sometimes it doesn't fit. And you say, it's got to fit here somewhere. But when the sun sets, you say, well, I just didn't find the answer. Listen this morning. God wants you to know that the peace of God that surpasseth all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I want to read this verse to you again because this is the thought I want to leave to you. Be anxious for nothing. Let me just give you Oklahoma, Western Oklahoma terminology. Don't worry. How many would say, along with the pastor, that's easier said than done? I'm going to drink on that. It's hanging up on my tonsils this morning. Listen, coming to church is a learning ability for all of us, right? I mean, when you come to the Lord's house, he just wants you to pull up a table and enjoy yourself. I'm glad we don't look across the building and see how somebody else is dressed. I'm glad I'm not looking at a congregation that's criticizing me today because I don't have a necktie on. Neckties are of the devil. I tell, you, I tell him that every time I look at his healthy, healthy bundle of ties. And you can't believe where they're sitting. They're sitting in a corner of our bedroom. They're, I... I literally have to take a flashlight and see if there's one there that will match the clothes that I have. And then I go to Sherry and I ask her. Through our scripture today, I do. I want to convince you that God is in control of this planet. And he can be in complete control of your life if you'll let him. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all it. Trust me. Cast it all on me. Just trust me. Trust me, give me an opportunity. Just put it in my hands and see if I can't handle it okay. You're not going to overload me. My, my grace is sufficient. It'll carry you through the darkest hour of your life. Just, just trust me. Won't you trust me? And so many people run for the Lord. They spend a lifetime running from the Lord, and all he's saying is, won't you trust me? He's not asking for your billfold. He's, he's not a, a, asking you if you'll go to Africa as a missionary. That was the most horrible fear I grew up with. I don't want to go to Africa. I'm afraid of snakes. He'll never ask you to go somewhere where he's never been. He'll never ask you to do something he's never done. And he'll say, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. I'll sustain you. You'll never walk the pathway of, of life alone, so why are you sweating it? I'm not sweating it, Lord. No, everything's okay. Everything's okay. 
Listen this morning, this message is a penicillin shot for worry addicts. If you've got an addiction of worry, there's a physician in the house this morning. It's not me. I don't like needles either. But God wants you to know today that he's able to do exceeding. Ephesians 3.20, he says, I'm able to do far exceeding, abundantly and above all that you're able to think or ask. So why do we worry? Worry is interest paid on a debt that you don't owe. How many have been hacked off a few times when you saw how much interest you paid to a credit card company? (laughs) Moving on. Here's proof that God is in control of this earth. Look at the life of Noah and see if God did exactly and precisely what he said he would do for Noah. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day, of the, great deep were, the great deep was broken and the windows of heaven were opened. God knows how to keep time. That was caused by the hand of God, the creator of the earth. Water gushed from the ground. Never had it even rained on the earth, but out of the ground gushed rain rain and and God was simply doing one thing he was punishing Noah's generation because of their disobedience to his word that turned their back upon him can you see other nations that are turning their back on on God today can we agree on this point we're running God out of our society maybe not us personally but we're seeing it happen in our hour we're literally throwing God and we have thrown God out of our schools and many churches have thrown God out of their pulpits and are preaching anything but the truth listen Jared and I have one thing in purpose we want you to get a hold of this because this will be a lamp unto your feet, a light to your pathway. It'll carry you through the darkest hours. It'll show you who your best friend is. It'll show you what he'll do for you because he cares for you and he's proven it. May we take a moment this morning and inventory our own life and repent for our mistakes and begin to follow God's word so that we can become a lamp unto our feet. His word can be a light to our pathway. And I'm speaking that to myself. Busyness is one of the greatest enemies that all of us, all of us usually face. And I pray, my prayer is this, and I pray that you will take it home with you. God, give us a desire to return to the heart of God. It happened on the exact year, on the exact month, on the exact day that God of the universe flung the stars into sky, which reflects the handiwork of God. And then he gave them names. God holds the seven seas in the palm of his hands. He measures the mountain according to the word on a scale. And the God that we serve spoke these words. Let there be light. In a moment, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, light overcame darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, and then he's ignited our life. The day we became born again, he ignited our lives, and we became the light of the world. And he says, follow me, and I'll keep your light shining. Do what I tell you to do. Keep your lamps burning. How many in the building this morning will remember the day? I know it didn't happen in your house, but you went to Grandma's house, and there was a kerosene, they called it coal oil, that made the light in the evening. I can still hear Grandma Roberts, who lived in the house where I was born, three miles southeast of Apache, Oklahoma. She'd say, Chester, go get the coal oil and fill these lamps, and while I trim one of the 
one of the, the uh, wicks. Oh, there's always help in the sanctuary. And, and she would trim that wick. And, and then as they would light the coal lamp, it, in case you don't, how many here don't know what a coal lamp looks like? Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you, there's a little, it, there was a vase that set this lamp vessel up about this tall off the, off the table, and then there was a container to help kerosene, I call it. They called it co-oil in that day. And then right above it was a stem that pull, pulled the wick that was, was extended down in the coal, and that oil would find its way up to the wick. And you'd light the wick, and then you'd put the globe on it, and that's the light that you had because we had no electricity. I saw more things in the Sears and Roebuck and the Montgomery catalog under the lamp of Grandma's light than I did when we had electricity. And many people say that was the good old days. I don't think they were so good because when you had the urge, you had to go to the outhouse. That was a horrible trip. Don't tell me we need to go back to the old days. You go on. When you get back, I'll give you time to testify how great it was, Pastor. Listen today, I want you to take a moment and think, where are we today? Why do we get so wrapped up in the fast pace of life, including your pastor, that many times we just forget where we came from, don't we? And may I say this, if you're not there yet, your forgetting gift will get better in the days ahead than it is today. It's an automatic gift. God give us a desire. I want to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 31. And I want you to think about the topic that we're talking about this morning, worry. Verse 25 of the 6th chapter of Matthew says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body and more than clothing? Look at the birds of the year, therefore they neither sow nor eat nor gather in the barn. Let your heavenly Father feed them. Are they not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit, which is 18 inches, to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which it today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. That one was for me. Oh, ye of little faith. And then I want to skip down to uh, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for, for tomorrow will have its own set of worries, and it'll own its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How many of you have ever worried about tomorrow? You ever sing that song, Many Things About Tomorrow I Don't Understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand? Sufficient is the day in its own trouble. Why? Because God's our Father this morning. He's our provider. He's the Lord, our healer. He's the Lord, our defender. He's our rock, and he's your fortress. He's your high tower, and he's the one that says, If you call, I will answer in in the day and time of need. Here's, get a load of this. He gives his angels charge over us in all we do. He's a way maker. 
He's always there. He's your guide. He's your provider. He leads in paths of righteousness for his great namesake. David says this with great confidence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the God of heaven and earth is with me. And he said to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. First Peter, again, I want to repeat. Chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your cares. Whatever you may be thinking about this morning. Something that you can't control. Something that you have no voice in. Let's just make a decision. We're going to cast it all on the Lord. Listen, the Lord's not paying any attention to fake news. He's not, he's not listening to the fake people that are tearing each other down. He's wanting to hear from you because you're his child. And he wants you to know that he wants you to cast his, your care on him because he cares for you. He, he, he not only says he cares for you, he wants to prove it. And he's given us an opportunity in the days that we're living to prove that he is who he says he is. And he'll do what he says he'll do. And he'll be everything that he says he'll be. And to those of us that are, and to those of, a few of you that are in the age group with me, don't worry about growing older. <clears throat> it happens uh, to everybody. And have you ever noticed that worry never comes at a good time? You ever said doggone it? My dad would take his belt off to me this morning if he heard me say that, even at the house. It comes a time of crisis when you need a clear mind and study and a steady set of nerves to make a quality decision. And worry knocks on our door. And like a dark cloud over the sun, and it seals the sky that offers its brilliance on our pathway or on our life. And worry clouds the thought of day. Worry is a perimeter of stress. And both of these, both stress and worry, are killers. Listen to this. Worry makes a coward out of strong and aggressive men. It fills the face with wrinkles and apprehension. The world sells products that are made to erase the wrinkles on our face, but it's very expensive. Anybody got any little balloons right here under your eyes and you haven't, I mean, they just... The strongest thing you drink is coffee, and yet they're there every morning. And I seen some sad, some stuff on the TV the other day, and I said, "Honey, you think that would do me any good?" She said, "That's very expensive." <laughs> I said, "Well, I didn't ask any more questions. I moved on." <laughs> the wrinkles on our face are very expensive, and the best we can do for our face is just to quit. Worrying. How I many would just say amen? That's easier said than done, Pastor. I, I enjoyed that. I'm not by myself this morning. Worry paralyzes the mind so you can't think of a better idea to solve the problem. Worry robs your body of rest at night. Worry sends you to work shattered, shaky, and out of sorts. And medical science says that worry is the mother of cancer. Worry is a source of heart diseases, and it's the cause of high blood pressure and ulcers. 
In fact, it's not what we're eating that matters. It's what's eating us. Everybody ready to have the benediction and go home? There's, there's a physician in the house. It's not me. Worry, worry. Worry is saying God can't take care of me. Worry is faith and fear. Two powerful words spoke by the prophets in the New Testament are these two words. And I want you to leave here with this if you leave here with nothing else. Fear not. Little boy was walking to the bathroom one night in the cool of the night. And he let out a scream. He said, and he woke his parents up. He said, Mom, he said, there's a ghost in the house. She said, there's no ghost. She said, yes, there is. She said, are you in the bathroom? She said, he said, yes, I am, Mommy. She said, well, all you did was bump the lavatory, and it's cold, isn't it? He said, yeah, Mommy. She said, well, Jesus is there. He said, I want to feel some Jesus that's got some skin on him. Worry. Worry. Fear not the past. Why not? Because your past has been forgiven and forgotten if you're a follower of the Lord. Fear not the present. Why? Because God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. John 1, 9. Be not afraid, for thy God is with you wherever you go. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And for those this morning that may be looking across the fence today, maybe you've been thinking a little more about your final days as I have the past few months. Maybe you've been entertaining the thought of your graduation day. Can I tell you that death is only a shadow of good things to come if you're a born-again believer? It's just a shadow. Remember, death is just a shadow. You have nothing to fear if you're a born-again believer. And the Bible tells us the consequences if you're not a believer. And Jesus has sent me your way to tell you that if you'll just come to Jesus, ask him to forgive you of your sin, he'll lift the load of sin. He'll turn, turn you around and put you on the right road. And you'll be a follower of him because he'll always lead and guide and direct. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Hebrews 13, 6. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do. Fear not sickness, because in the book, the great book, tells us the physician, the great physician is still alive. Fear not poverty, for it's the Lord that gives us power to get wealth. Proverbs 16, 7, I will make you your enemies to be at peace with you. Psalms 91, 7, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling because he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your way. Worry is trust in the unpleasant. Worthy is trust in a disaster that you think is coming. Worry is believing be in your personal defeat and despair. Worry is, is pollute, a polluted stream that flows through our brains at times, that drowns our hope, that kills our faith. Fear is interest paid on 
bills you don't owe. An elderly man once said, I worried all of my life, and most of the trouble I worried about never, ever happened to me. A gentleman died at the age of 39. He tried to eat right. He tried to do right. He went to the gym. He worked out. All these things are good. I'm not putting these things down. He did everything to do right, but he had one thing that he feared. All of his family had died with cancer, and he always had this testimony. What chance do I have? All my, the members of my family have died with cancer, and at 39, he died with a heart attack. Sherry lost her mom and dad and two of her three brothers in a seven-year period with cancer. But can I tell you, cancer is no threat to the White House. You know what? Because the great physician lives in our hearts. Are there lonely moments? I looked across the family room a few days ago, and I seen tears streaming down Sherry's cheeks, and I said, Hon, what's the matter? She said, I'm just having a lonely moment. Can I tell you, in those lonely moments, who's there to put his arms around you? It's a great physician. He wants to tell you how precious you are. He wants to tell you how sustaining his spirit is. He wants to tell you how much he needs you to stay with the family of God. Don't let anything separate you. Neither height nor death, principalities, things are come. He wants to tell you, don't let any of that junk separate you because I love you. And he cares. And he's proved in it while I was unlovable. He died on the cross for my sins. Don't die, don't die trying to copy someone else. God made one of you, and you're special. You were designed by the, by the hand of God. And can I say this? Lift up your head. Square your shoulders. And talk like you live in the life of abundance. Because the Bible calls you priests and kings. Can I say this in the area of, 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 of comparing? Ladies, you'll always find somebody more beautiful than you. And men too, except my angel here on the front seat, of course. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. Men, you'll always have somebody that's more handsome than you. Don't compare yourself with that. There'll always be a smarter lawyer. There'll always be a better preacher. There'll always be a, a kinder neighbor. There'll always be somebody that just seems to outdo you and all that you go to say and do. But listen to me. Don't die worrying about not measuring up. Just be you in the hands of the Lord. I want everybody just to take a deep breath with me, would you? Just suck it in. Just suck it in. I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about suck it in. In him we live and move and have our being. And God has just made one of you. And even though you're on the endangered species list, you have nothing to fear because you're not leaving this world till Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. It's, death only has a shadow. Listen, I, even though I'm, I'm petrified as snakes, a shadow of a snake cannot hurt me. The shadow of a sword cannot pierce you, and the shadow of a lion can't hurt you, and a bear can't seek you. Uh, the shadow of a bear can't seek his teeth in you. But I'm telling you, we get so caught up with shadows sometimes that we worry about shadows. 
Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. You don't know where I came from. Jesus knows. And that's the reason he gave us the word, so it would be a lamp at our feet, a light to our pathway. So in closing this morning, don't compare yourself to others. Don't, don't spend your time. <laughs> I, I, this just came to me. How many have ever gone to a class reunion after you've, been, after you've graduated 20 or 25 years? Can I see your hand? Wow. How many have gone to a, fam, a, a high school reunion after you've been graduated for 50 years? Now I want to talk to you men. Aren't you glad you didn't marry the football sweetheart? <laughs> or if you did, let me jump on that bandwagon too. I don't want to get in trouble this morning. Things change. Things change. But aren't you glad today that you're a child of the king? Aren't you glad you're part of the family of God? Aren't you glad we're facing a new year knowing that when he's for us, who can be against us? Aren't you glad today that our, we have a, the mind of Christ and our mind can be trained every day? I watched that young child this morning as he reflected upon the books of the Bible, and I thought, he's training his mind. And, you know, I, I, I really got caught up in that. And then I began to think about the day when we went to Disney World, and I saw the porpoise playing with a basketball and I thought you know if he can do that we've got a big chance we've got an awesome opportunity God has spared us today and in closing don't worry about what you can't change don't worry period in fact that's a waste of time Jesus said don't worry about food and water why food and water? Because the only most important part of our body is water. And people in Bible days, there were farmers in Israel only had the Sea of Galilee. And that was the water that was sufficient to meet their need. But when we've got Jesus, not only is he the bread of life, but he knows how to water our lives so that our lives can be beneficial to his kingdom. Matthew chapter 5 Verse 6, the Beatitude says this. Blessed, blessed in, in that area of the Bible means happy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's he talking about? Hungry, hungry. Blessed are those who are hungry. Hungry to know about what God can do, not only for me, but through me. Hungry to see the power of God manifest, not only in my life, but in the life of our church. Not only in the life of our church, but in the life of our country. Blessed, happy are those. Is everything going your way this morning? Then you need to be the happiest camper on the earth. But hang on to your seat before the day's out. Something will change. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Would you bow your head this morning? Father, today we just are grateful. We're grateful for our church family this morning. We're grateful when we come to your house we can enjoy and have fun. We're grateful today because we realize today without you, we'd be very miserable people. But as we close this year of 2018 and we get ready to open the door of 2019, Lord, I want our church family, I want our church family to know it's all right to lay aside those things that, are, that, that have been worrisome, those things that have bothered, those things that have brought trouble to their spirit, those, those things that have caused them to wad their pillow up 14 different ways and they still couldn't sleep. Lord, I want those people to know today that you care 
I want them to know, Lord, that you're the one who bears our burdens. You're the one that carries the load of life. And your, your word says seven times a day, O oh Lord, will I praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes us to stumble. Today, Lord, today, Lord, if there's anyone in this building that doesn't know you, Lord, they've never committed their life to you, don't let them leave here this morning like they came in Jesus' name. Lord, let them have the courage this morning to realize that we need help. We all need your help. But Lord, the best thing you ever did for us is when I asked you to lift a load of sin out of my life and I confessed it, you took it. Came into my life and you replenished that void in my life with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And today I'm a follower, not because I found you, but you found me. It wasn't what I'd done, Lord. It's what you did so that I could become what you called me to be today. Lord, today, 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 let us just take a moment of time today and meditate for just a moment. Is there anything in my life that I could lay aside this morning that would stop the worrying in my spirit? Are there things that I need to commit to you this morning that would take care of the problem of worry in my life? And I could do it, right, as we have a benediction of the service this morning. I can make a decision today. I'm going to lay the load that I've been trying to carry, the things I've been trying to figure out, the things that I've tried to change so badly because I wanted to see it change. Lord, I just haven't seen it yet, and I've tried harder than I've ever tried it. But today, Lord, I'm just going to release it because I can't carry the load without worrying it, Lord, and I just want to have the ability to release it in your hand this morning and say, Lord, I'll trust in you, Lord. I'll trust in you. If that's you here this morning, nobody's looking around other than myself, but if that's you this morning, could it, would you just raise your hand up and let me see who you are and then put it right back down? God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Others, while we wait just a moment, there's things that have been really plaguing you today and you haven't been able to change them, but God is on the throne and prayer changes things. Just say, by an uplifted hand, Pastor, that's me. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else while we wait just a moment? 